Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. For a breakfast corn cereal you'll really go for, eat kicks, crunchy puffs of real energy-rich corn. And now, kicks that winning American corn cereal presents... The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful valet Cato, Brett Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight. By the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure of The Hornet Bats for a Pitcher. And now, let's slip back to the days of an earlier America, when the fight for law and order was made in the wilderness. Those were the days when the pilgrims made a discovery important to their country's fighting, winning energy. They learned to plant and grow corn, the fighting energy food of the Indians. Today, there's a new super delicious way of eating energy-packed corn for breakfast. It's Kicks, K-I-X. What a way to start the day with a heaping bowlful of delicious Kicks. You can pour on twice as much milk as you would with ordinary cooked cereal because those crunchy puffs of corn Kicks stay crisp as a nut. Think of the vitamins, minerals, and corn energy you'll get with a winning Kicks breakfast. You'll get a kick out of Kicks. out of the pitcher's box for the fifth time in a row. The Eagles were a minor league team, but they were the principal farm club of the former world's champions. Located directly across the river from where the parent club held sway, the interest in their fortunes was as great in the big city as it was locally, especially in the case of Frank Denon. Sent to the Eagles to acquire experience, he had been touted as a coming great star of the game. He had been sensational early in the season, but on the Eagles' last road trip, Something happened, and he had gone to pieces. And now, home once more, he had shown no improvement. It was the aftermath of this last game that brought Vince Cooney, sports writer of the Sentinel, into Brett Reed's office next morning. Mr. Reed, you hear the news? The Eagles suspended Frank Dennon. I heard it, Cooney. I'm surprised and disappointed. I don't blame you. I'm disappointed myself. You saw him lose those four on the road, didn't you? What's the matter with him, Cooney? That's what I've come to tell you. I know you got him started in baseball, and that you're a friend of his family and that wearing girl he's going to marry. What's that got to do with it? Mr. Reed, Denham's suspension may be only the start. 
His manager and the guys on the team are sore at him, plenty sore. Not because he's lost some games. That happens to the best. It's the way he lost them. So when one of the players said yesterday he thought Denon was letting down, I started digging around. Oh? What'd you find? Mr. Reed, did you ever hear of Louis Gordon? The gambler? That's the guy. Has a string of gambling houses all over. Controls most of the baseball pools, too. And he runs that uh, Gordon Associates outfit. They set the odds on most of the sports contests, don't they? All of them. But besides these, Gordon has agents in every state and big city, handling bets and laying them. So what has all this got to do with Frank Denon? Too much, I'm afraid. The day he lost his first game, one he figured to win easily, Gordon's men cleaned up. And on each of the nights preceding the games he lost, Denon received long-distance calls from this city. Does anyone know from whom? I don't know if anyone else does, but I do. I traced them. The calls he received came direct from Louis Gordon's office at Gordon Associates. There was a deep frown on Britt Reed's face as he walked into his outer office and over to the desk of his secretary, Lenore Cates. That's Cates. Cooney saw a pitcher lose a few ball games. Heard one ball player say something and has apparently stumbled on what might well be a sports scandal. Do we have a beat on it? It looks that way. And yet I'm holding back. Well, if you are, then I'm sure there's a good reason, Mr. Reed. I don't know whether there is or not. The reason, Miss Case, is Frank Denon. Oh, no. Don't say he's done something else. Something else? How do you... Say, what else has he done? Truthfully, I don't know except that he broke Phyllis Waring's heart. Alice Curlin told me. Phyllis is living with her now, you know, at the Greystone. No, I didn't know. She didn't tell me this before, Miss Case. Well, I didn't learn it until yesterday. That's when Phyllis sent back her engagement ring to Frank Denon. Britt Reed traced Frank Denon to the hotel where he'd registered after leaving his teammates in the town across the river where they were playing ball. It was a haggard-looking Denon who parried Britt's questions in a manner that was bitter, unrevealing, and often insolent. Now, look, Mr. Reed, I don't want to hear any more. As far as I'm concerned, I'm through with baseball and Phyllis Waring. Haven't I made that clear? I don't understand your attitude, Frank. But you won't talk baseball? Tell me, why did Phyllis break your engagement? Why don't you ask her? If you can find her. I've tried and I can't. Joe doesn't answer the phone either. She's no longer living with her brother. She's not. Well, that's funny. Joe told me... Forget it. She moved into Greystone. She's with a friend named Alice Curlin. It doesn't matter. Now, please go and leave me alone, will you? All right, Frank. I'm sure if you know. I feel sorry for you. But I feel sorrier for that girl who's suffering so much because of whatever you've done to her. Giving her heart quite a kicking around, Frank. Just as you're doing to your life and your career. Right, go on, Paul. Suffering. Me kicking her heart around. <laughs> what was he talking about? I wonder it. Hello. Joe, where have you been? I tried to reach you. Yes, I am, and I want to see you. Well, it's about your sister. Right away? Good, where are you? The all-sports restaurant? Yeah, yeah, I know the place. I'll be there in 15 minutes. Yeah, so long. 
Joe Waring was waiting for Frank Denon at the entrance to the main dining room of the All Sports Restaurant, meeting place of the sporting and betting fraternity. Greeting Denon effusively, Joe hustled him to a table and introduced him to a dark, flashily dressed man who remained seated. Frank, I want you to meet Mr. Fagan. You two might find a lot to talk about. Uh, Be back in a couple of minutes, Frank. Stay right there, won't you? Now, hey, wait, Joe. Sit down and take a load off your feet, kid. Save your strength. As Ziggy Fagan pulled Frank into a chair, Joe Waring approached a nearby table. You got your camera all set, Harry? Yeah, right here under the newspaper. You want a shot of that guy with Ziggy? Yeah. Make sure it's a clear shot. Print it right away and take it to Louise's office. Joe did not return to Denon's table, and the young pitcher squirmed uneasily as long minutes passed. What you squirming around like that for? I wonder where Joe went. I, I wanted to talk to him. Uh, nothing so important that can't wait. I don't see him. He went out the front door a little while ago. What? Hey, where you going? I won't wait for Joe. I'll see Phyllis and have this out. Taxi! Hey, taxi! Yeah, the Greystone. And get me there as quick as you can. Frank, you... Phil, I... I want to talk to you. During the next few moments, a few questions and answers made many things clear to Frank and Phyllis. The fog of misunderstanding that had clouded their every moment during the past weeks began to lift as the light of truth brought out facts that neither of them had known or suspected. I keep telling you, Phyllis, I received only that one last letter from you. I wrote to you every single day. You wrote? And phoned me? Of course I did. But you wouldn't answer. You had Joe tell me off for you over the phone. Joe. Joe, that's it. Those calls were from you. And he... Oh, why didn't I realize it? You say you received one letter from me, Frank. Do you have it? Do I? Here it is. Not even a salutation. Why, this isn't a letter. This is just a note. I can't go on like this any longer. It has become evident more and more each day that your way of life is... Frank, I wrote this to Joe. Joe, a letter like that? Yes, when I moved in here. I couldn't stand it any longer the way he was living. Drinking, gambling, everything. And when you went away, he seemed to watch me every minute. Now I realize he had a motive. But he kept telling me things about you and other girls. Why, that dirty... He made me believe him. And when he started bringing home those terrible friends of his, I, I just had to leave. That's why I wrote this note to him. What is Joe's game? What's he trying to do? I... It's not Alice. I wonder who it could be. Joe. Hello, Philip. I want to tell you this. Frank. How did you get here? How did you... Never mind that, Joe. The important thing is you're here. And you've an awful lot to account for, Joe. Oh, no, you don't, Joe. You're going to stay here and talk. Talk fast now. Tell us everything, everything. I don't know what you're talking about. No, you don't. Well, maybe this will help you. Don't hit him so hard, Frank. It's the only thing that'll make him talk. Another one on the chin, Joe. It'll give me pleasure. But, but 
my jaw. No, please, Frank. I, I'll tell you, I had to do what I did. I had to do what they told me. If, if I didn't, they'd kill me. Uh, who'd have killed you? I don't know. Louis Gordon's mom. Louis Gordon's mom. That's right. The gambler. You see, I and Joe Waring went on to sob out his sordid confession. He'd taken to gambling and lost heavily. Lost until he was in debt to the Gordon outfit for more money than he could hope to repay. His association with Denon through his sister was a perfect one for their purpose. And so the gamblers, under threat of death, forced him to carry out their scheme. To date, they had cleaned up great sums. I figured you'd go to pieces if, if Phyllis let you down. I intercepted the letters you sent her and told her lies about you. I didn't think anyone could be so rotten. My big play came when I phoned you saying Phyllis had asked me to, that you were to stop writing and trying to get in touch with her. They had me call you in the middle of the night, always before the game she was scheduled to pitch. They, they thought that had upset you, too. Upset me? I'd go out in the mound next day, not sure I was alive, much less playing ball. Oh, my poor darling Frank. <clears throat> the rest of the figures, hanging around Phyllis till she'd write to you, then saying I'd mail a letter, getting to the phone before she did all the time, fixing that note she sent me. And... My brother. <laughs> Joe, didn't you realize you were ruining our lives? And Frank's career? I didn't want to think. I couldn't think. All I knew was I didn't want to die. But I don't care what happens now. Frank, I've got to tell you this. They're out to get you good. I've made that possible, too. What do you mean? That fellow I introduced you to this afternoon. Mr. Fagan. That that was Big Ziggy Fagan. Ziggy Fagan? What? Why, if I was seen talking to oh, him... That was the idea, Joe. You were seen. And Louis Gordon had someone planted to take a picture of you and Fagan together. I don't know what he's up to. Let this hold you while you figure it out. Oh. Oh. Where are you going, Frank? First, I'm going back to the restaurant to get Ziggy Fagan. As Frank Denon rushed to the street to hurry back to the old sports restaurant and Big Ziggy Fagan, Vince Cooney was in Britt Reed's office telling him incredulously... Your boy Denon sure did it this afternoon. He'll be barred from organized baseball by morning. What? What did he do now? I saw him in the all-sports restaurant with Big Ziggy Fagan. Cody. Huh? Fagan? Fellow who tried to fix the basketball games and who has tried for bribing? That's the sweet character. He's barred from every ballpark in America. And when this thing today comes out, Denon will be too. Still there? They were when I left. Say, where are you working? To the all-sports restaurant. For a showdown with that all-American double-crosser, Frank Denon. We'll continue our story in just a moment. Ready to order, sir? I certainly am. I'll start with a shrimp cocktail and chicken soup. And I'll have the sirloin steak, medium... Carrots and peas and, uh, oh, yeah, smashed potatoes. Coffee later with apple pie and cheese for dessert. Oh, boy, there's a top favorite American meal for you. But, you know, that menu he's reading probably lists a few other dishes still more truly American than those he ordered. Like corn on the cob, corn fritters, hot buttered kernels of corn. Sure, they're all corn dishes. And there's no food more American than corn. The only Native American grain, the very grain that goes into kicks. Corn, you know, is the energy-rich food that gave the Indians a lot of their hard-fighting endurance. The food that helped give the pioneers the energy that won an empire. And today, the way to eat corn for breakfast, in a way you'll really go for, is kicks. 
It's not flakes, you know, but roasted corn popped into crunchy, mouth-watering puffs of real corn. No wonder Kick stays crisp no matter how much cream or milk you pour on. So think of the well-rounded supply of minerals, vitamins, and corn food energy you get with a daily breakfast of Kicks and Milk. Try it soon. Kicks is a winner. Now to continue our story. Britt Reed and Frank Denon converged on the all-sports restaurant, each intent on his purpose. The first to arrive, Denon entered the dining room to find that Big Ziggy Fagan had departed. Uncertain for a moment, he reached a sudden decision. He headed for the telephone booths in the lobby and thumbed through the pages of the phone book. And at that moment, Britt Reed entered the front door and saw him. Frank Denon didn't notice Reed's entrance. And when he found the number he sought, he entered the phone book. Nor did he notice, as he placed a coin in the box and dialed, that the young publisher had quietly slipped into the adjoining booth and pressed his ear to the wall. Gordon Associates? I, I, I want to speak to Louie. To Louie, I said. Oh, yeah? Well, he'll have to see me. The name is Denon. Frank Denon. He'll know me. It's uh, about an arrangement I made with Big Ziggy. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Thanks. Uh, he and Ziggy will be at the main office in an hour? Where's the main office? Second floor of the Grand Building, huh? Thanks. I'll be there. With an hour in which to get to Louis Gordon's office, Frank Denon had another sudden thought. And this, too, led to a phone call. This time, he called the hotel across the river, where his teammates were stopping. Pete Whitty, his catcher and former companion, didn't want to speak to Denon at first. But finally, Frank got his story across. And when Whitty replied... A wide grin spread over the young pitcher's face. Oh, gee, that's great, Whitty. You don't know what this means to me. As many as you can get, yeah. You'll be able to make it in 15 minutes if you come through the tunnel. You got the address? Good. When I get there, give me about 10 minutes before you break in. Cato, get ready for a trip in the Black Beauty. What is wrong, Mr. Britt? You angry? Yes, I am. But I think of the chances Frank Denon has kicked over. Cato, the crooks that wrecked Frank's life have got to pay. This is a job for the Green Hornet. Get my mask and gun, Cato. We're going to Louis Gordon's office. Louis Gordon rose from the chair behind his oversized desk lit a cigar, and looked at Big Ziggy Fagan, who sat admiring a photograph. Admiring yourself, Ziggy? Yeah. You know, Louie, I'm not as bad looking as I thought. Ziggy, that's a swell picture. With a picture like that, we can make this kid in and do whatever we want when we want it. Yeah. It's a sweetheart. Now, the first thing we do is... Yeah, Yeah, Chick. Fella Dennis out here to see you, boss. Yeah. Phone call was on the level. 
A winner. Is he alone? Yeah, he's alone. I can't figure this. Okay, send him in. And look, better keep a few boys around out there. Ziggy, stick around and see what the play is. Hmm? Sure thing, Louis. That's Den and Ziggy. Let him in, will you? Yeah, sure thing, Louis. When Frank Denon stepped inside Gordon's office and saw Big Ziggy Fagan, he started toward him, then reconsidered, went on to Louis Gordon's desk. The gambler greeted him with a bland smile and penetrating stare. Denon, I'm Gordon. Call me Louis. What's on your mind? Plenty. But first, I want to get a good look at a chiseling crook, meaning you. Is that all you have to say? No. Joe Waring told me everything you and your pals made him do. So you could win your baseball bets in your crooked baseball pools. Oh, was Waring that told you, hmm? What else, Denon? Go on. I am going on. Where's that picture you had taken today? When I was framed in a sitting with that... Hey, right, look here, kid. You'll get the little... Keep your picture. shirt on, Figgy. Here, Denon, here's the picture. We got the negative. It'll blow up swell. Make a nice, glossy print for the newspapers. Some picture, eh, kid? It can knock you out of baseball like no hitters ever could. On account of I'm in it. Ziggy's right, Denon. And, of course, I don't want to give it to the papers. But I could. Unless. This is the part I want to hear. Unless what? Unless you play ball the way we tell you when we. Gordon, your psychology was good up to now. Perfect, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Had your pegged right, didn't I? Fellow in love, here's his girl's left him, gone to pieces because there's nothing he can do. Yeah, you're right, Denon. My psychology was good, and it still is. No, it isn't, Gordon. You don't think you're going to threaten me into throwing games with that picture, do you? Sure I do. But I'm going to let you win the next few, if you can... Got to butter up the odds again. But you can't, Gordon. Because after I get through punching you around, I'm going to make Joe Waring tell the police every rotten detail of your frame oh, up. Oh, you, you are, huh? What are you doing? Going to give orders to put Waring where I'll never be able to talk. You're not going to do that. <laughs> Fire! Back here, you. Get him off of me, Ziggy. Take your yeah. hands off, you kid. Sick! Yeah. Sick, come in here. Break his arms, Ziggy. Kill him. we got to kill him anyway. All right, gang, take him. Beat his head in. Finish him! Get him to the car! Bring it down the road somewhere! So they'll think his murder was an accident? Hey, what the... Oh, no, they don't, Gordon. He came through the window. Look, he's got a mask on. Angel Johnny! It's a green hornet! Get him! I've got him. i got the mask on. Oh, no, you haven't. Nice going, hornet. I'll take care of this bunch. Hey, who? Ziggy! Got the whole gang coming in. Big guy! Here they are, team! Hey, what's going on? This is going right on your jaw, Ziggy! Big Ziggy Gordon crashed to the floor unconscious as the green hornet's fist banged into his face. He never did see the full onslaught by that dozen men, young, hard, suntanned, and ablaze with fighting fury. They were Frank Denon's teammates, led by Pete Whitty. We're with you, Denon. Oh, so you want to fight, huh, Big Nose? Well, here. The Hornet's on our side, boys. Lay off him. Hey, break for it, gang. It's the cops. The cops. I'm going out the other door. You're going out, period, Gordon. I owe you this. You've got the situation on hand, boys. Hold on to him. The police are here. Rick Reed smiled beneath his mask as he viewed the havoc wrought on the crooks by the ball players who had heeded Frank Denon's summons. When the first policeman entered the outer office, the masked man sped down the fire escape and dropped lightly to the ground. What happened, Mr. Blitz? 
So much fighting and yelling, it sounds like a war. It is, Kato. It's start of a war against the crooks and gamblers who are trying to ruin baseball and every other sport Americans love. We'll call the Sentinel as soon as we get away from here. Did you learn all about Frank Denon? Yes, Kato. I've learned that Britt Reed was all wrong in his snap judgment this time. I'm glad the Green Hornet found out the truth. I remained hidden outside the window and heard Denon tell off Gordon and Fagan. He's a great boy, Kato. When this story breaks, it's going to make him greater than he ever was. Back in the wrecked office, a bunch of mussed-up but jubilant young ball players laughed and patted Frank Denon's shoulders as the police carted off Gordon, Fagan, and the rest of their gang. Gee, thanks, fellas. And you, Witty, for bringing him here. Oh, the fight was worth it. And boy, are we proud of you. And glad for you, Frank. I will see you don't lose another game all season. That right, guys? <laughs> and I'll pitch my arm off to see that I don't. And I'll pitch tomorrow if they'll reinstate me. <laughs> I thought I was a goner for a while when you fellas didn't show. Uh, some goons downstairs tried to stop us. We had to finish them before we got up here. Well, I'll never understand how or why he came here. But I'm sure glad the Green Hornet was there on the fire escape. He's the one who saved my life. I wonder who he is. There was a big league atmosphere in the minor league ballpark across the river that day. Frank Denon, who had been reinstated immediately when his sensational story was revealed, and he had asked if he might start the game that day. He was told he would. In a grandstand box, as Frank warmed up, were Britt Reed, Lenore Case, and Phyllis Waring, a different Phyllis than the one who had accompanied her brother when he went to the district attorney's office the previous night. I don't feel sorry for Joe. I almost feel glad now that he's told everything. At least he had enough moral strength to do that. They'll be able to send Gordon and his mob to jail for a long time on Joe's testimony. On federal, state, and local charges. I see you're wearing Frank's engagement ring again, Phyllis. Yes. Now I'll have to hope that he'll marry me in spite of my brother and my lack of faith. He's a born big leaguer, Phyllis. When he comes up to the majors He's next year... He's waving up here, see? Oh, hi, darling. You know... He was telling me that the masked man who saved him last night was the Green Hornet. That Green Hornet, I think he's wonderful. I think he is, too. City batteries for today's game. For the Gray Sox, Zimmerman and Wade. For the Eagles, When lawbreakers we haul before a pilgrim judge, their fine was often paid in corn. Yes, sir, those old judges knew that corn 
was more precious than money. It was the food that gave the red man a lot of his fighting energy. The food that helped give the pilgrims themselves their hearty energy. Now, don't you hand the judge a box of kicks if you get fined for parking too long. You eat your kicks for breakfast and help yourself to a delicious serving of real corn energy. Kicks is not flakes, but crunchy, delicious puffs of real corn. Sure, corn kicks stays crisp in plenty of milk. So pour it on and help yourself to milk as well as corn, vitamins, and minerals, too. Try it. You'll go for a winning Kicks breakfast. You've been listening to The Green Hornet, brought to you by Kicks, the ready-to-eat roasted corn cereal. Try it. Kicks is a winner. Be with us again next week at the same time when General Mills will again present The Green Hornet. This copyrighted feature originates in Detroit, and all characters, places, and incidents used are fictitious. Hal Neal speaking. Tomorrow night at the same time over most of these same stations, the great stallion Silver carries the masked rider of the plains on an exciting rescue in Frontier Town when the Lone Ranger rides again. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.